you guys don't get to see what happens off camera, but or off mic, I guess I should say, but this was a special moment, right? Like right after, before he jumps off, before we go on to do the big things that God's calling us to, the, the place setting of creating happiness in our day, which is exactly what David Meltzer does. I got to pray and I got to just bless him just in a moment and provide a seed back for the massive seed that he planted with today's conversation. It's not about all of the massive conglomerate organizations that he's developed. It's not about the money. It's not about the impact even, though the impact is a valuation exchange that comes because of who he is, because of the identity factor, because of how he shows up to teach and educate and train and give every second of every day. I've never interacted with this human without feeling like a breath of fresh air, without feeling like I left with more than I came with. He had some amazing deposits for you today. I pray that you have a pen handy. I pray that you do not listen on supersonic speed, but instead rewind and listen again, rewind and listen again, rewind and listen again, because it's that good. It's that rich. And you will not be sorry to listen to the one and only David Meltzer. Oh, by the way, you know, show me the money from Jerry Maguire. Yeah, his agency, that's where it came from. So the movie is affiliated to this human, but there's so much more than just that. Never let somebody's backstory or their resume dictate where they're going. That story was the start, but man, is there more. You've got to tune in not only to this show. Please follow, subscribe. You can get all of his resources. He tells you exactly how at the end of the show. And you can tune in to The Playbook with David Meltzer, which is his podcast. So be sure to tune into both and tag us. You guys are in for a treat. Thanks so much, David, for being here. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Welcome, welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast with the one and only David Meltzer. You guys, his intro doesn't say enough about him. We needed like a body of text to come across like the Star Wars eulogy at the very end because you have just a rap sheet, really. And I am honored to be here with you today. Oh, it's an honor to be here and talk about some of my favorite topics. So very excited to explore how we can help empower people to be fit in faith. That's right. And I think that empowerment piece is so important, right? And I think at the, at the root of people who activate, at the root of people who actually do the thing they're going to say they're going to do, which you've been doing for so long, I want to know, like, where did that empowerment get started with you as, as little David running around, right? Like, tell me the backstory. 
Yeah, sure. But initially it was my mom. Uh, I had a single mom who raised six kids and where she was most empowering is through education. Uh, very strict on empowering us to invest in ourselves, to expand our minds through academia. And, you know, had many different philosophies from the fetus wasn't fully developed till after graduate school to doctor, lawyer, failure. Uh, you know, if, uh, you know, getting a B was unacceptable. Uh, she led by Jewish guilt. So uh, there was no disappointing my mother. But it really was um, the first experience that I had with empowering myself. Nobody was going to be able to take away my knowledge. Everything else had been taken away from me. I grew up poor. My mom worked two jobs, packed my dinner in a paper bag. And somehow all my siblings went to the Ivy Leagues, graduated summa cum laude. I was kind of the low end of the gene pool, but graduated law school, one of the top law schools, and did fairly well for myself. But it was really understanding how you could empower people with education that led me through my journey to empower people to be happy. And that is, seems like a simplistic concept, right? To empower someone to be happy. And yet you've experienced a lot of things that aren't necessarily happy, that have that hardship, that have that trial and tribulation. And yet happiness was the root of what you want to give the world. So much so that your goal, your, your dream, your empower method is 1 billion people to understand how to unlock happiness. What would you say is, is the fundamental starting point for that? I think when I look around, especially in a season after COVID, right? Two years that we've been dealing with this as a society and knowing, you know, we've dealt with so many other things. COVID is just the next thing. I think happiness is one of the factors people yearn for. And yet I feel like also something people could perceive as fleeting rather than joy. So unlock the words happy and joy to you. And what's the basis of being able to help others do the same? Absolutely. And I want to clarify one thing. Don't limit me. I'm going to empower over a billion people, not just a billion. Ah, yes, yes, yes. See, <laughs> this is why I bring him on the show, right? Yeah, so, no, the only thing that's going to die in my life is limitations and my embodiment's the ultimate limitation that I have. And so, you know, it's interesting why people ask me about happiness, the definition of happiness. And the key to happiness is gratitude. Do you know that the only common denominator amongst happy people is only one thing. There's only, whether they're rich or poor, sick or healthy, tall or short, skinny or fat, white or black, it does not matter. Gracious people, gratitude is the only common denominator of being happy. So what I try to do is teach people about gratitude, about how can I find the light, the love, and the lessons in all people, in all situations, and how can I determine in a pragmatic world where to spend my time to find the light, the love, and the lessons. Because I think, you know, one of the nuances uh, that makes me a little bit different is I take very simple, common theories that everyone agrees with, but I give it a practical application that very few have thought about. And so one of the difficulties about gratitude is, number one, coherence. Most people don't remember to say thank you, and most people don't say thank you, even though they all agree that gratitude is the common denominator of happiness. They all agree that the world thought leaders, physics, metaphysics, quantum physics, all tell you that gratitude is the most powerful thing. And the reason is that the human embodiment finds it difficult to remember to do stuff and to do it. And so as simple as saying thank you is 0.1 seconds and it's free. Even I, who 
have been teaching this for years and years, trying to get people to say thank you before they go to bed and when they wake up. Even I forget to do it some days. And it's just an incredible thing. So I create different challenges, different uh, empowerment tools to help people utilize coherence. In other words, let's remember what's most important to you and let's do it. And I think when I think about the gratitude practice, which is, you know, a commonality in top performers, high leaders, entrepreneurs, all of those things, it's really just like the gratitude points you in the direction of the focus, right? And it'd be the same thing if your focus is on the problem, the problem appears to grow, right? But if you have that sense of gratitude and that's where your heart is pointed, that's where your head is pointed, you realize that the problem isn't really the focal point at all. It's just a, something you're going to pass by eventually. And gratitude always has a foundation. And ultimately, the, I believe that foundation is our faith. I believe that foundation is the fact that we are breathing. And I know you've speak and teach a lot to like the foundation of having a body. Like that's a non-negotiable, right? If, if we're having this conversation, if you're listening, if you're talking, if you're walking around, you have a body. So talk to us about that side of, of just the mind, body, soul piece to happiness. Yeah, I think, you know, faith is intertwined in there. And my faith has changed over the years. And I have simplified it to two things. One, you need to believe no matter what your religion, spirituality, or philosophies are, I think that you need to believe there's something bigger than you. There's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that makes you a resource by loving you. That all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient source loves you more than you love your own children, more than your mom loves you. And if you have that, it's quite easy to implement and execute and cohere to gratitude because now when mistakes, failures, and setbacks occur in your life, when pain is omnipresent in your life, you know you're being promoted and protected, not punished. The analogy that I use is it's like a three-year-old that goes, as I did, to reach out and touch a burning stove. And my mom, who's never hit anyone, in fact, my uh, wife always says, you know what your problem is, David? Your mom never hit you. Uh, my mom never yelled at me or hit me. Uh, but when I was three... I went to go touch that hot stove. My mom slapped me hard and screamed at me. No, no. And I started to cry. I'm, mom, why are you punishing me? What did I do? Why, why are you mad at me? Why are you punishing me? And she hugged me and she said, I'm, I'm not, sweetheart. I'm protecting you, right? I'm promoting you to a safer place. And this simple faith that I know there's something bigger and almost all times I'm human. So I spend minutes and moments out of faith, but in my faith that there's something bigger than me that loves me as much as my mom did that day to protect me and promote me. When I don't get the job I want, the deal doesn't go through when somebody breaks up with me or something happens in my life that I was not planning on. I simply say, thank you. Once again, instituting gratitude to find the light, the love and the lesson in being promoted and protected in intertwined with my faith. I love those two words together from the perspective of parenthood, right? Like protecting and promoting. I mean, isn't that what we all need? And, and from a parental perspective, whether your parents here or not, whether you're the parent or the grandparent or any of the things, we all need that. And knowing that that source exists for me, God, right? It's like, I am sure of it. And the fact that in Christianity, knowing that God did it through Jesus to example that very thing to us, that he was like, I'm 
going to put myself in this position to be able to showcase and shed light based on the fact that I get it as a parent. I get that it's hard. And yet I'm still going to promote and protect him even when all odds are against him, which is exactly what happened when he was here. I'm curious as you're teaching and training other people this, especially in the realm of kind of the sports agency that you were kind of starting in when you co-founded that and then the CEO of Lee and Steinberg Sports. You know, I think about I think about the mentality of an athlete and I was in gymnast for 16 years and I am I'm so ingrained in watching my son who is now very ingrained in jujitsu develop the energy and develop the mentality towards sports. And protection is a big component of that. I always call him my little David. And every time he goes out, he's about to fight a Goliath. And I'm like, you've got this. And I remember the very first time he got off the mat at a competition, he comes running towards me so excited. And he puts his fingers and he said, I got him right there, right? Like he slung the, the slingshot to Goliath and knocked him down and he tapped out. But how do you help uh, somebody who is so forward driven in the outcome, the outcome being the win, understand that there's a promoter, a protector, and that there is more to life than just the win, knowing that failure is equally as important? It's so interesting because uh, obviously I have four children and deal with this all the time. And I call it the zero sum game. I talk about abundance that everyone can win. And everybody wins when everyone does their best. Everyone learns lessons and everyone has fun. So it's not everybody gets a trophy. There's still a competition of doing your best in some of the sports out there and in academia and other places that your best can quantifiably be less than somebody else's best. Mm. But it's the same value. You're both winning, uh, although they're quantitatively. So what I try to do is attach the emotions, the energy and motion to enjoying the consistency every day and persistency without quit pursuit of your own potential. It takes a rare mind, a rare athlete, a rare celebrity, a rare entertainer, a rare billionaire that can rejoice in their pursuit of happiness, not in happiness itself. So, uh, you know, Chris Gardner is a friend of mine who wrote the book, Pursuit of Happiness. I always tell him he got it wrong. You should have named the movie happiness is the pursuit. Ooh, and so yeah. if I can teach people to pursue their potential uh, and still, still quantitatively look at a result, but not attach the emotions to the result, but more into, did you do your best? Did you learn lessons and have fun? We can have best of both worlds in a non zero sum game, a world of more than enough of everything for everyone. So powerful. And I think the pursuit, right? This is a, a conversation around purpose all the time. Is everyone searching for their purpose? What is my calling? Why am I here? Right? It's so existential. And at the same time, the protector, the promoter, the creator, God, he's just like, your purpose is the fact that you're breathing in this moment. And so can't today be a win? Can't today be a celebration? Can't today be happy regardless of the circumstances around us? And I think it's hard for people to flip the script on that because there is such a massive comparison game out there. How do you help people with the like unlocking of the potential and the process of purpose acquisition, which really is a destination eventually, which I think is on the other side of heaven. But how do you do it here on this side of heaven with our feet planted on the ground? 
Well, I tell people thoughts come first and your thoughts about your purpose are your purpose. And I shift the paradigm and perspective when it comes to purpose, passion, and even profitability. I let people understand I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. Let's figure out what I'm doing to interfere with it. You see, if I'm connected to and through the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, if I'm living in a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, then all I need to do is figure out what I'm doing to interfere with that abundance. And I think once you shift that perspective about our thoughts, about our purpose, our purpose, that we already are passionate, purposeful, and profitable, we just have to figure out what we're doing to interfere with it, usually with the ego-based consciousnesses, the interference of the ego with the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, guilty, resentful. All of these things will just accelerate us in the wrong direction. In multitudes of places, they call it the enemy. They call it the interference. It's really simply you have to take root in the fact that you are connected to and through the greatest source of all. You are a resource And with that resource, let's figure out what we're doing to interfere with the light instead of going to find the light. You don't have to go find happiness. You don't have to get wealthy. You don't have to get healthy. You don't have to get worthiness. You are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. Figure out what you're doing to interfere with it. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so hard and yet so simple, right? I mean, you, you just went through a slew, like a massive list of all of the interferences. And often, like you said, so many people point to the fact that it's an enemy thing. Like somebody else is doing this to me. And I think a component of recognizing happiness and owning that I am happy is also I am the culprit of the lack of happiness in my life, right? And yet who wants to wave a white flag? Everyone doesn't want to stand in a space of surrender. Everyone wants to stand on, I've got it all figured out. And I think the surrender, we say this in our household all the time, specifically in our marriage, is submission is victory. And understanding that it's not about the confrontation, it's about the recognition of the confrontation, the communication that happens secondarily, and then how do we act thereafter? And the action should parallel to the truth, which is, I am worthy. I am happy. I am connected and I am aligned. And so talk to me. I just got back from a conference that was all about alignment. And I believe that, you know, there's this understanding, especially when someone's in pursuit of something specifically wealth. Let's talk about entrepreneurs since we're talking so many who are here live with us listening. There's always they they put this as a priority, right? They put the that success meets prosperity means that they've achieved something and their bank account looks nice in the process. That happiness often can be a tied to a financially driven outcome. How can we eliminate that understanding and get them to a place of realizing that the resource, right? The resource is them rather than they are trying to attain the resource. I'll often say that you are the opportunity you're looking for. And I feel like if we can stand in that strength and we can stand in that awareness factor, then the money, it it actually is, is fictitious. It's not even real. Fit and Faith Media Co. is dedicated to activating mission-driven leaders in the marketplace by way of publishing, press, and play. Because your story doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others. We help you dissect and share your message through podcasting, book writing, and business development. 
These three areas are exactly how my team and I have opened doors to stages, become the best-selling author I always dreamed I'd be, and even the entrepreneur that energetically and joyfully shows up to serve each and every day. Literally nothing I do feels like work. Every day feels like play. And we'd love to help you live the same life of freedom and fun. If you're a speaker, a writer, or an aspiring business owner, let's jump on a call today to vision cast your future together. Go to www.fitinfaithmedia.com. Again, that's fitinfaithmedia.com. Book your call. If you're a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, or a wannabe, we can help you get there. Let's do it. How do you, how do you conceptualize that for people? Well, I think first defining money itself as a currency, right? Mon- money, as you state, is an object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want. But so is faith, right? Faith is a currency. It's an object of energy we put into the flow to get what we want. And, you know, not only is gratitude important in the detachment of the emotions to defining ourselves by our bank accounts, by defining ourselves in our happiness, by how much we made today or we lost today, but to understand two other components tied closely in with gratitude. And the first is forgiveness. But I think that people that understand forgiveness and understand that we only have to forgive ourselves, that there's two types of people in the world, ignorant people and ignorant people. There's ignorant, humble people that admit they don't know what they don't know. And then there's ignorant, arrogant people that are so afraid that the fact that they don't know what they don't know, that they pretend as if they know. In fact, a lot of them pretend as if they're experts or they're certain about things. I will tell you this, there's no certainty uh, in a human life uh, journey. There's no certainty. In fact, if anyone can tell me exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, uh, I know how to make billions of dollars. I'll give you half of it and donate the other half to charity. But please, if you're certain about something, there is no certainty. And so moreover, forgiveness allows us to live in ignorant humility now, one thing to be wary of is that a lot of people think ignorant, arrogant people are just people that lie to us, manipulate us, cheat us, oversell and back end sell us. But moreover, the most dangerous ignorant, arrogant people in my life are the people that love me the most. Uh, my mom, right? You, you should go to college. You should do this. You, the internet's a fad. Don't take that job. They're so afraid of you being hurt, more afraid than them being hurt themselves that out of fear, they become ignorant arrogance to protect you, even though just because they love you, they may be giving you bad advice out of ignorant arrogance. So forgiveness is crucial in this uh, journey of detachment, of defining ourselves by how much money we make. The third one you mentioned as well, um, there's a difference between liability that relates to the quantifiable results that we get the liability of the zero-sum game of if I receive, someone else lost, or if I win, someone else loses, or if I made this much, somebody else lost this much. Um, And this liability game lives in three areas, blame, shame, and justification. And all three create interferences between health, wealth, worthiness, and happiness. If we can live our lives not in liability, but in accountability, and to live in accountability, we ask ourselves two questions. Number one, what did I do to attract this to myself? And two, most importantly, what am I supposed to learn from it? When I ask myself, what am I supposed to learn from it? I'm tying in gratitude, 
the ability to find the light, the love, and the lessons, and forgiveness, the ability to admit that I don't know what I don't know. So I'm going to forgive myself because all I'm doing is my best. All I'm doing is learning lessons, and all I'm doing is having fun. Therefore, I'm going to forgive myself. And once I forgive myself, I'm so less critical of others. I don't have a need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, worried, or resentful. Therefore, I'm living at ease instead of dis-ease. And it's that simple. So live with gratitude, forgiveness, and accountability. You will be able to detach your emotions and the quantitative analysis of happiness to how much money you've made or you will make. And one thing that you've said multiple times, and I want to make sure that we talk about it because this is a a root value of mine is adventure or fun, right? I put them two and two together and every day I'm searching for fun. Like right before we got on here, I was having a tickle fight with my son, right? And so I'm looking for an opportunity to have an adventure. And what that looks like to me is understanding that there is freedom in whatever that is, even if an element of fear is presented in that adventure. So I'm skydiving, which I haven't done yet. I need to do. um, but like cliff jumping or something like that, how do you how do you actually encourage people to recognize that fun is associated to creating a magnet towards the outcome of prosperity? For me, that's been true. And so I'm curious how how do you do that? Because every time I've seen you, you're always just exuding joy. And I think that it's because you're having fun. Yeah, well, go to the basis of my mission statement in life, which is to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. So I won't do it unless I can figure out how to have fun with it. Uh, Xander wrote about rule number six, right? Rule number six, don't take yourself so seriously. And somebody asked, well, what's rule one through five? Go to rule number six. Uh, so that's easy for me to, to have. But I have daily practices. And you know, as much as I live with my core values of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration through faith, I also have a new day resolution that starts every day. Yes, it takes into account my New Year's resolutions, my midterm goals and objectives and milestones, and my long-term vision of myself. But in the context of that, I start every day by asking myself, what do I want personally? What do I want experientially? So I don't live my life. I want to skydive. I've skydived several different times because That is what I wanted experientially. What do I want to give to provide value or be productive with? And what do I want to receive? What, you know, can I ask the universe to add to its expansive nature, to add to the value add of appreciation, adding value, acknowledgement, giving away, and asking for more? So for me, asking what I want then leads to the easier question, who can I help with what I want and who can help me? How best to get it done, which is the pragmatic realm. The how is, you know, all the different rules that I talk about. The power of 64, student of the calendar, 520, the 25 no rule, the three no rules, productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, efficiency, effectiveness, statistical success, the unwinding routine, activity, get paid for activity, don't get paid for activity, a plan, don't have plan, whatever it may be, that all is hosted in the how. And then most importantly, if you know your what, your who, and your how, then you got to know your now. And that's a simple Uh, thing that can be uh, quantitatively confirmed in your life. If you know how to prioritize, you'll never feel overwhelmed and you'll never procrastinate. Prioritization is the antidote to procrastination and feeling overwhelmed. Feeling overwhelmed, you should say thank you because that means you're living in a world of more than enough. Too much to do, too much opportunity, too many people, too many invites to birthday parties. I can't tell you how many people get overwhelmed with so much joy and they think they're being punished 
And I'm always say, take a deep breath and say thank you. And then learn to prioritize because you can't, if you live in a world of more than enough, how are you going to get it all done in one day? So of course you're going to feel overwhelmed. So instead, focus in on figuring out what's important to you, using urgency as a subset of the what, the who, and the how. And if you know your what, who, and how, and you prioritize knowing your now, you'll learn to apply your why. You'll realize you're happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. You'll start being able to indicate what's interfering with that. You'll expand, grow, and accelerate. I'll be happy. Like I said, I will send anyone my gratitude challenge, my daily practices, my book, any of your listeners that want, they just got to email me, david at dmeltzer.com, and I'll send you all of this stuff for free. It'll change your life, I guarantee. I mean, seriously, can you guys just see the well of knowledge that he is? He's like rapping, he's poetically performing, he might as well sing for us. I mean, it's like music to my ears though, truly, because I really do believe that if people were able to put things like this on repeat, that they would see that the, the happiness factor that they yearn for that everything else falls to the wayside and that that is so much more attainable on a given basis, any moment of the day, no matter relationship situations, no matter uh, political situations, educational. I mean, it literally it, it strips it all away and brings back to identity and brings back to self and to recognize that you're still breathing. And therefore purposes associated to all of this information that he's providing you guys, he teaches on a daily basis. He comes on clubhouse for free. He has, free master classes on Friday. So when he talks about doing it for a billion people, billion is not necessarily associated to a billion dollars. That is right. He's not exchanging money for those people. However, there will be the people that come and help support in that financial exchange because they too yearn for what he is already pursuing and unlocked. So I think this is how when people understand, like, how can you have such fun? How can you create something so big and have this massive dream? And yet you aren't really you're you're showing up everywhere for free. Talk talk to people about that because they can't unlock how they're affiliated. Oh, they're totally related. In fact, I just filmed a TV show on the secrets of happiness and I was blessed to be invited. And it's the same people that had put together, you know, Think and Grow Rich, the legacy and some other financial uh, stuff. And I said, you know, the first time I met you 10 years ago, when you did your first TV show with me, I wanted to prove that I was the most successful. I was the richest person that you were interviewing. And one of the producers said to me uh, and gave me the greatest compliment. She said, I just have to tell you, you're the happiest person that we've filmed. Wow. You're, you're the, it just exudes. You're the happiest. You're just having. And I said, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Uh, and look, here's the simple truth about money. Money follows. Mm-hmm. See, I used to think it lead. I yeah, think I follow it. I thought that was my my lead. Money was going to lead me to the promised land. No, nah, money follows. It's an energy. Money's an object of energy. And that object of energy, it flows to where it goes and it flows to where you go. And if you live in abundance, I promise you, money will flow. It will follow you wherever you go. It will come about in the strangest, most simplest ways. If anyone's ever read Michael A. Singer's Surrender Experiment uh, for a guy who literally just wanted to build a shack way out in you know the middle of nowhere and meditate and ended up a billionaire, um, you will learn that money flows and it will follow you. And so be kind to your future self, do good deeds, provide value and value will follow you.
Wow. 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 I love learning from you. I always try and come to all of the experiences. You guys need to do the same. He gave you his direct email. So you've got to reach out, get all of those resources for free. You can find him on all the platforms. My favorite spot is Clubhouse because he comes with Jakey Bakey. And that always makes me happy. It's a side of bacon every time David shows in the room. (laughs) I love that. Uh, So it's been such a pleasure, David. Thank you so much. You guys also have to tune in to his podcast called the playbook and his newest book which is game time decision making it's a number one new release and he's got so many more resources for you to take hold of so you can live happy and know at some point that a little seed was dropped from david Meltzer, so he can add you to his billion dollar number thank you so much for being here brother i appreciate you i appreciate you be kind to your future self do good deed email me david at dmeltzer.com Anytime you need me, just ask. I'll see you on Clubhouse with my side of kosher bacon, the Jakey Bakey. (laughs) Blessings, y'all. Thanks for hanging out on the podcast today. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry. Your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.